This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to Your Ingle Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie Guest and as always, I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie Dicker. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. <laughs> Whenever you're listening. How are you? <laughs> I am good and we are also joined by producer Sash. Hello, producer Sash. Hello. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good well, whatever it might be. <laughs> it's it's going to stay with the, I feel the like theme. That's funny because you've always told us yeah. so you have to make it for anyone that's listening at any time (laughs) well three of us we have had a good week haven't we because we had a very exciting interview earlier this week yes we interviewed the one and only flex mummy she was absolutely gorgeous and so generous with her time and we have very exciting two-part episode coming teaser (laughs) little teaser coming for you first part next week and it's all happening here at YIGC because we also have FinFest coming up. I know, we're going up to Sydney, flying up to Sydney on Thursday night, your morning. You don't need to give your yeah. uh, Sorry. flight <laughs> details. <laughs> so my flight number is, <laughs> and I bet you Maddie's going to get a really good exit row seat and I'll be at the back of the plane. I've but already you, seen where I'm sitting. Well, actually, I, oh, I forgot to tell you, I chose your seat and I chose oh. your the best seat I could get you that Thank didn't you. charge $30 extra. All right, we'll see so, if I get moved. Yeah, you might, you'll probably get moved to the front. I only got you a good seat. Well, I mean, I'd get you a good seat anyway, but I was like, maybe I'll get good karma if I book my good seat. Anyway, we digress. Let's get into we it. We do. <laughs> and if you want, if you've left it really last minute and you're going, what's FinFest? How do I buy tickets? All the information's on the website. So go to equitymates.com. And there's still tickets available for FinFest powered by the one and only Steak. So let's get into the episode. A quick reminder that nothing we say in the next half hour constitutes financial advice. We are not licensed. We are just two gals, three gals, three gals, three gals chatting about finance. I'm happy to be a gal. (laughs) You can be a gal, Sash. (laughs) Today we're going to speak about dividends, which is topical because it's kind of dividend season at the moment. Yeah, what? so I didn't actually realise, but apparently the equity mates guys coined this term. Oh, dividend season. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a thing, but they reckon that they just made it up themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. We can call it dividend season. Yeah. What month is it just this month or? Yeah, so back in August, the majority of ASX listed companies reported their full year financial results. And as a part of that, they tell the market what dividend they will be paying. And the reason why they report in August is because they all have like that end of financial year cut off at the June period. And then they have like, what, two months of like auditors being like, are these financials correct? And then checking them all and then they can (laughs) release it to the market. Is that like how it all happens? Yeah, exactly. So that 30 June date is sort of end of financial year for a lot of companies. And despite some pretty serious headwinds in the last 12 months or so, 
Australia's businesses have actually done pretty well, relatively speaking, and that is because they have managed to pass on the increased costs that they've been experiencing because of inflation onto the customers, which means that they've actually made quite a lot of money. Which is not good for us. Is that like for a retail, not just a person in general, is that kind of bad? Like costs are going or prices are going up for us, but for businesses it's kind of good because it's like still good economy. I don't know Yeah, what's better yes, here. Yes, <laughs> very true in that like obviously we probably don't want to be paying more at the supermarket. But what I would say is if businesses continue to perform well, that means that they can keep giving people jobs, which I think is like one of the most true. important things in this situation that we all stay employed. True. So basically what you're saying is Coles, for yep. example, they are taking a higher margin from us yep. because my tomatoes are really expensive at the moment. Or your Red Rock Deli um, honey mustard chippies. Yes, they're so expensive anyway. But so that means they're getting more money from us, meaning their business is performing better. They have more money in the bank, meaning they can employ more people or keep people employed in jobs. Exactly. And because they have more money in the bank, it also means that when they came to reporting season in August, a lot of them announced pretty big dividends. It's their way of, I guess, sharing their profits with their shareholders. Do you want to give me some examples of who's paying some good dividends? I'll just take some notes. Okay. <laughs> so BHP alone accounts for $12.5 billion or 29% of the entire dividend payout in Australia from oh. all companies. 29% of it is coming from BHP. Oh, that's a ma- – like 30% Huge. is just coming from BHP. Yeah. Wow. billion from Fortescue and 3.5 billion from Combank, just to name a few. So those names kind of don't surprise me because when I was speaking to my housemates about like if they invest in dividend stocks, they were really saying like it's the real blue chip companies Mm. almost that you invest in that pay dividends, like the real, like I guess the industrials and the banks and they're usually the kind of common Australian companies that have dividends. Is that what you have kind of seen? Yeah, exactly. And I mean – Probably quite notably, there's BHP and Fortescue there, two sort of big oil and gas miners. And we know what's been happening to petrol prices recently. So good to see that at least they are returning some of those profits that they have taken from us to their shareholders. I actually did see an article the other day saying that because obviously the fuel levy in Australia, if you're outside of Australia, pretty much the government has subsidised fuel a little bit for Australians, but that's stopping. Mm, Um, It has stopped. It has stopped and our government's not... um, going to continue it and it was saying that it's actually going to you're going to see like these companies with better profits because now they're just going to be making more and more off us well it's not just the oil and gas companies that are doing well because asx investors are actually receiving the biggest dividend check in history with 33.5 33.5 billion dollars being paid out to investors in the coming weeks. It's just astounding because it's so much money. <laughs> it's so much money but also you look there's so much negative talk about the stock market at the moment mm. and like things in the world are going nuts. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it's just so crazy in our little market that they're like, "Here you go. Have a bit of money." So definitely keep an eye on your brokerage account at the moment because hopefully you'll see some money coming in. So question then, often I will see when people are talking about dividend stocks, a pretty common term is like dividend yield. And people will say that's how they can kind of pick their stocks based off a yield. It's a little metric. Can you run me through what that means? What's that? So a dividend yield is a financial ratio. And it basically just tells you the percentage of a company's share price that it pays out in dividends each year. 
So for example, if a company has a $20 share price and it's paying a dividend of $1 per year, then its yield is going to be 5% or $1 divided by $20. And I feel like we've spoken before when you're looking at metrics, a good way to com- like to look at them is just to kind of compare the industry. Like if yes. you see one company has X amount and another has X amount, like it's good to compare. Is that a good way to look at dividend yields? Definitely, because I think it's not really a fair comparison if you say take Coles and then you take Facebook. They're, they're completely different industries. They're completely different businesses. Yeah. You can't compare the dividend yields of those two companies. Whereas if you compare the dividend yield of Coles and Woolworths, then you can really start to get a sense of who is performing better or how each business is doing. Yeah, I actually had a little look last night and looked at the mining industry because there's lots of dividends coming out of there at the moment. Rio Tinto's dividend yield is 12.2%. BHP is around 9%. I forgot to look at Fortescue. (laughs) But but the higher, the better, right? The higher, I guess the higher, the better, but... I've noted also, and these were all just really quick Googles, like I wasn't doing any maths here. It was just dividend yield, BHP. Um, the industry average is at 7%. So they're all still above the industry average. And I guess there's lots of other factors to consider when in investing in a company. But I guess it was pretty easy to find those little figures about how much a company pays in dividends. Another fun fact <laughs> I found on Google, which I found really interesting, but did you know that the dividend yield in, on the, in the ASX is one of the highest Yes. So we sit around. Okay, so not such a fun fact because you already well, knew. Well, no, I only <laughs> like people often refer to the ASX as like big dividend paying companies. Yeah, right. So the ASX average dividend yield sits at around 4%, while nice. like somewhere like the US sits at around 1.7%. Yeah, wow. That's a big difference. So do you know what? Do you want to know why it is? Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to guess. No, I, I don't like- want to know. Don't tell me. <laughs> So this might be wrong, but I read an article. And Here we go. <laughs> Bring all the, all the good information. I feel like you've so. got to always disclaimer because there's so much information on the internet. You just could be wrong. And like, I don't, don't want anyone coming anything at me. we say. <laughs> but um, it was saying that the Australian market's less mature than, say, the US market. The US market's been around a lot longer than the ASX. Mm. Okay. So the reason why we pay a higher dividend is because people are less trusting of ASX or Australian directors, boards, people that like manage Australian money because we, this could be wrong. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just saying that because the look on your faces, but because we haven't been around as long people, I'm not joking when the ASX started, like the dividend yield was something like 8% because people were like, if I'm giving you my money, I want to see a quick return. I want to make sure I'm getting money back. I don't trust you guys yet. Okay. I'm not sure whether that's. can I I offer my I thought it was hilarious because it's like Australian directors are reckless like this article (laughs) can I offer my like contra love it tell me so I think that it's funny that you say like that the US market's been around longer because I would have said the Australian market the businesses are more mature so if you think about the big companies on the ASX it's like your BHPs your big four banks that are big blue chip companies that have been around for ages versus you look at what's listed in the US and there's heaps of like fast growing tech stocks and things like yes, that. So what makes up the different exchanges? On the on the US like exchange, <laughs> a lot of those tech stocks don't pay dividends. So I'm just looking no, exactly. at the dividend stocks, like your old like Barclays Bank, which has been around since the 1800s. Oh. Like that's more what I was 
Given my opinion I'm on just Sasha, give- you're, you're waving your hands in the air. What are your thoughts? Um, you're like, this shush, is, this stop talking. <laughs> this is a bit of a too long didn't read because I don't know the exact facts, but I think it's actually to do with our tax system. So <laughs> <Shit>. um, <laughs> in Australia, uh, we we get – and I don't know the specifics about this, but um, it, it's really beneficial for our companies to give the money back oh, in taxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Frank, we're not knowing credit. credit. It's okay. too much. Yeah. The tax system, and ignore everything yeah. I said. And in the US, uh, it's – to, it's it's not as beneficial. So what they do instead of dividends is they do stock buybacks. So they buy back the stocks and that's a different way of making your um, stock worth more, but the company just does it themselves. Well, you know what? All great points. Great, very <laughs> robust discussion. Well done. And this is what's exciting about investing <laughs> is that anything could be true and nothing really, could be true. I really liked my article. <laughs> anyway, I think it's it's good perspective. Dividend season's happening. We're seeing price movements then of the stock prices. I guess it's a bit of a phenomenon when a dividend's paid out, a stock price might move. Why is that? Yeah, so I think let's take a step back because we it's really important when we are investing that we can sort of understand what is causing the prices of our shares that we own to go up and down. Because if you can understand what's causing the movements, it can really, I guess, sort of alleviate a lot of the stress involved in maybe the volatility or how your portfolio is going up and down. So when a company announces that they'll be paying a dividend, their date that the company declares um that it will be paying a dividend, how much it will pay, when it will pay, and importantly, another jargon term, the ex-dividend date, which we'll get to in a second. It's called the declaration date, okay? So there's a few key dates involved here. The first one is the declaration date. That's when the business comes out in reporting season and says, this is what we're paying, this is when, et cetera. So I'm Coles, it's August, I'm reporting my results, and I'm saying, you guys are all getting a 2% dividend. So my question to you, Soph, is if a business comes out, Coles comes out and says, guys, we're paying a dividend and this dividend is going to be really good. Can you just then go and buy the share and get that dividend? I don't know. (laughs) I need you to tell me. Okay. Okay. So what happens on that date is because Coles has come out and announced a really good dividend, chances are that the share price is going to rise. I guess to account for the fact or factor into the share price that anyone who holds that share is going to be getting that dividend. Gotcha. So if Coles is like, guys, we're paying a 10% dividend, I'm going to be like, I want to buy some so I can get that 10% dividend. When more people buy, the price of a stock usually goes up. And that's what you mean when you talk to experts and they go, oh, it's priced into the market. Is that what they mean? Exactly right. So the next important date that I alluded to there is what's called the ex-dividend date. And this is the cutoff date to decide who gets the dividend, who gets the next dividend payment. Right. <laughs> so if you own the stock on the day before the ex-dividend date, okay. which they tell you on the declaration date when they first come out and give you tell you what the dividend's going to be, if you own the stock one business day before ex-dividend date, then you get the dividend. You get the dividend. You get the <laughs> if somebody else owns the stock on that date, they get the payment. So let's say you have your Coles shares. Yep. Why are you I'm just laughing? imagining Oprah just <laughs> standing there being like, you get a dividend, you, you get, get a dividend. dividend, you get a dividend. And then the next day, which you're <laughs> leading to, it's just like, bum, bum. <laughs> So whoever is owning the shares on ex-dividend day 
does not get the payment. Gotcha. It's the, you've got to own it the day one business day before. So Coles has said their de- their ex dividend day is the thirtieth of September. On the 29th of September, if I own Coles shares, I'm getting the dividend. If it's on the thirtieth, I'm not getting it. Exactly right. Got it. So what happens to the share price? Well, typically the share price drops by the amount of the missed dividend that you're not getting around ex-dividend date. Because if you then want to go and buy the shares, if you're not going to receive that dividend, you shouldn't have to pay what's priced into the market to account for the dividend. Yeah, people aren't as excited. They know they're not going to get the cash. So they're like, well, let's let it adjust back to the market. Exactly. So you buy at a discount to sort of factor in the dividend that you're missing out on. This has been a really great chat because I did commerce at uni and we spoke about dividend and ex-dividend. I never understood yeah, it. I never took it in because it was never took irrelevant it in. to me because I it just, wasn't investing. Yeah, it just got so confusing. And I know that we said we didn't really do investing at uni, but this was probably like the one thing about mm. dividends that companies pay. God, that was confusing. So question for you then, have you ever bought a stock solely for the dividend payment? I have bought dividend stocks, but I haven't bought it being like, oh, it's it, they announced a really good dividend, I'm going to buy it. If well, I sense. guess, yeah, because generally it will have already been priced into the market. But yeah. I guess what you could do is if you had a view as to say like, let's go back a couple of months ago, you know, BHP is likely to perform really well if we're thinking about everything that's going on in oil and gas, maybe it's a good time to buy BHP shares because chances are they're going to be announcing pretty good results, which means they might have a good dividend coming up. I mean, maybe now that we've spoken about it, it'll be more front of mind. But honestly, is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, I've, I honestly have just always stuck to the strategy. Yeah. So it's a good, good thing to think about. We're all learning here. Can I say as well, like I know that I've definitely looked at stocks that have really good dividend yields and been like, oh, but I think a really good thing that I always forget about is past performance is not indicative of future performance (laughs) because sometimes, yeah, as you said, hindsight's a beautiful thing. And sometimes you'll be like the dividend yield is based on the last dividend. Mm. Isn't that right? Exactly right. Because I think, I can't remember what it was, but I bought something being like, oh, gives really great dividends and then something happened and they're like no this year we're skipping dividends and I was like what (laughs) no no so I think sometimes like it's it's just one metric in a bunch of different stats that you should look at well Sash that actually leads us really nicely into what I was we were going to talk about next which is what do you look for in a dividend stock and probably one of the main things is like consistency have they been paying a dividend for a long time are they jumping around I mean as Sasha said, it's just one metric in many metrics. But if you really care about the dividend, have they been paying it for a long time? And I think that could be quite important as we get a bit older as well. Like, you know, in retirement, for example, or when we're later in our careers, we might come to actually rely quite heavily on the income from our portfolios. And all of a sudden that's when dividend income, whether you're getting it or not, is quite important. I'm looking less for capital growth for my stocks, you know, 10xing in value or 100xing in value. And I actually just want that regular income coming in. And you know, it's funny that you say that because I've all, like when I get dividends now, they're quite small payments because I'm still building up my stock portfolio. But I've looked at like, say someone like Tash Invest, who's very open with her stock portfolio, she'll show like, you know, 300 or $500 payments Whoa, just from dividends. Nice. And I'm like, Oh, that's like, Goals. that's like income. That's <laughs> like, cool. Um, but I came across a phenomenon when I was looking at like consistency of dividend stocks. A phenomenon. Phenomenon or just a term. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you ever heard of a dividend king? No. So a dividend king is when a company has paid dividends for 50 years consistently or more. Okay. So 50 years. 50 years. Long, it's a long time. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know one. Can I say one? Go. And I only know this because I listened to the interview with um, Equity Mates, but Brickworks is one. Sure. <laughs> not on my list, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair. Um, I mean, we've spoken yeah. a lot about BHP today. Is that one? No. Oh. Don't think so. Macquarie. 53 years or maybe even more of unbroken profitability. Maybe. It's not on my <laughs> list. <laughs> what about Combank? What, what is on your list? <laughs> yeah, just give us the list, Sophie. <laughs> like what you're all saying is probably true. Um, Johnson & Johnson, I've got US ones here. Oh, okay. Coca-Cola, Colgate, big companies. Mm. Longest paying dividend streak is American State Waters, which is just like a water utility company in the US. And they have been paying dividends for 68 years. Wow. Very long time. Okay. Then step down, there's also a dividend aristocrat. Oh, what's that? Which is when a company has been paying a dividend for 25 years or more. So now we probably move into the territory of like the Macquarie could be a dividend king. But also people like McDonald's. Did you guys know McDonald's was listed? Yes. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but they pay a dividend. For, they've been paying a dividend for something like 48 years, so they're nearly oh. like the king status. Ooh, but two more years, and then what, do they get a letter from the king or something? <laughs> from the now king. Yeah, the yeah. now king. <laughs> Companies should get that when they have 100 years. You know, how we used to, you know how we used to get a letter from the queen for turning yeah. 100? We. Anyway, the point that I was making here was that I think with dividends, as we were saying before, BHP has had amazing profits, so they're giving us a big dividend. But it's a thing to look at if a company isn't quite consistent is that Mm. showing an inside scoop of like their profits not doing well, it could be a range of things why they don't give you a dividend, especially at the moment with lots of happening in the economic environment. People might be a bit more conservative. But when you're looking for a dividend stock, I thought that was an interesting point. We are about to go to the lowdown, but I have one final question for you before we do. Soph, it's about to be dividend season or we're in it already. You've got money coming in. Number one, like where is it going? Does it go into your brokerage account? Does it go into your bank account? And number two, what will you be doing with it? I reinvest my dividends. So I don't actually see them really come in. I set up a dividend reinvestment plan. And the reason I do that is just because it's out of sight, out of mind, and it's kind of like micro-investing, not micro, but investing on the side that is happening without me even having to think about it. And mm. that's when you see the acronym DRP, DRP right? You yeah. just it, Dividend so Reinvestment Sometimes that's on your share, like, I don't know, pieces of paper that arrive yeah. in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I bring it up, my dividends go back into my like brokerage account. So I see the money sitting in cash in my account ready for me to reinvest. I know for other people it goes into your bank account. And I guess that got me really thinking that if my dividends were just going into my normal bank account, I can really imagine that I would just spend spend it. it. Yeah. Like either accidentally without realizing or just probably out of laziness of like, I can't be bothered. You know, I see my $11 come in and I'm like, oh, whatever. I won't transfer it back. But I have found it really helpful having it come straight back into my brokerage account. Um, so would recommend, because it just, it really encourages you to reinvest that money and that's how you really get that compound interest. 100%. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we'll be right back to hear some lowdown on dividend stories. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, what's happening? Now, to start us off, this week's all about dividends. Bring us a story about dividends. Let's apply our learnings to the real world. <laughs> so a headline that caught my eye this week is dividend dangerous Dividend danger. Wow, it's a tongue twister. It's not dividend season, it's dividend danger. (laughs) Dividend danger signs in Fortescue Green Spending Spree. So we talked before the break about how Fortescue Metals is, I guess, one of the cornerstone companies when it comes to dividend paying stocks in Australia. Massive blue chip company. You know, maybe is a dividend aristocrat. Don't trust me on that. I'm just saying maybe it is. It's been paying a dividend for a long time. So when I read this headline this week, it really actually got me thinking about the potentially changing nature of the Australian share market. Now, if we take a step back, when a business becomes public and lists on the stock exchange, its priority becomes generating returns for shareholders. And as a result, business leaders, CEOs, they're often thinking about like, okay, next quarter or next half or next reporting season, how can I make sure that my investors are happy? So they'll make decisions that are like short-term profit generating. So then we've got... Fortescue Metals, which is really pioneering in the sort of Australian mining space at the moment, a transition to renewable energy. And I find it super interesting because you've got all of these banks coming out criticizing that because Fortescue and a lot of Fortescue investors buy the stock for its dividends. And they're saying, well, actually, if you're going to spend all this money investing in renewables, you're going to be turning off your coal-fired power stations that generate heaps of income for your investors you're not going to be able to continue to pay this dividend. So does that mean people are saying like they want to move and invest in somewhere else or like what's the issue that's happening here? So Goldman Sachs has said they believe Fortescue is at an inflection point with capital allocation and assumes its dividend payout ratio is going to go down. So they're going to be paying less dividends. Morgan Stanley has gone even further and they're really critical of Fortescue saying that the need for the world leading energy and technological innovation sits at odds with what Fortescue does. And actually they're basically saying that other companies should be doing it, Yeah, which I just find so like, like, let's just take a step back and look at the bigger picture here. Like, okay, obviously income when you're investing is really important, but surely, I mean, we do have the privilege of sort of long-term investing and time on our side, but it's going to be better off for the long term. I would say two things here. The first thing is it kind of relates to a point that Chloe on our um, episode last week spoke about. Obviously, there's going to be higher costs associated to transferring to like sustainability or whatever. So it's like that kind of short-term pain. So yeah, might not be as many dividends. But number two, if you want a dividends paying stock and I, you know, people's circumstances, I don't know well, but like 
transition over to a coal power mm. company. Like put your money somewhere else. Like don't criticize a company for wanting to do like the company is allowed to do what they want to do. Yeah. And then if you want to put your money where your mouth is amazing. And if you don't put it somewhere else. Yeah. Surely we should care less about short-term returns to shareholders and I guess think more about the bigger picture and what this means long-term for the entire Australian economy and the world. And if you do care about the short-term gains, like fine, like there's so many companies that will do that for you. Like there's so many Mm. companies that pay a high-paying dividend off their coal profits. Go find that company. Anyway, I thought that was very interesting. No, very good. I liked it. What have you got for us for the lowdown today? I saw an article that was saying that Premier Investments, which owns brands like Smiggle and Just Jeans and Peter Alexander. So many Australian classics. Yeah, their um, profit has soared this year and they are paying a really high dividend. It's gone from 54 cents and they have increased it to $1 per share. And it's a kind of feel good story because it's like an Australian company, as you said, all those like classic Australian brands. But it got me really thinking about the retail sector because I was surprised that a company like that, which owns brands in the retail sector, has done so well in the midst of Omicron and inflation Mm. and less discretionary income. And, like, I feel my news is always really bad, so I was just like, wait, everyone's still spending on their Peter Alexander pyjamas? Yeah, interesting. I guess I wonder if, like, when I think back to, I mean, COVID in particular, it's like maybe – Things like Smiggle and Peter Alexander are those brands that actually you kind of turn to when you're at home or whatever to like, like they're the nice little things that you treat yourself to as opposed to like going out for dinner and things like that. Yeah. Well, I looked into it a little bit because I was like, who the heck is still shopping at Smiggle? (laughs) We're just in the wrong age bracket. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's still massive. (laughs) I know because I said that last night to my housemate and he was like, dude, my nine-year-old niece, yes. <laughs> it's her day out to go to Smiggle. Like, remember when, I, I, I remember the excitement, the smelly rubbers, oh, the yeah. gel pens. Oh, yeah. Like it was the best thing ever. And mum would let me have like one thing. The fruit rubbers where yeah. you could like take off the strawberry stalk yeah. of the strawberry. It was the best. And the electric, which I never got. Oh, yes. The electric sharpener. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Electric sharpener is like the cool kid thing to the have. The cool kid thing. Anyway, <laughs> I, looked, I looked into it <laughs> and pretty much if – you know, because you might read some articles, you might see that the retail sector is actually doing quite well at the moment. But a couple of the things they noted was, you know, people are going back to bricks and mortar. They're really enjoying that experience of like going in store. Peter Alexander opened four new stores um, during this financial year that they reported the profits for. Schools are obviously back in action. So something like Smiggle, as you just said, their sales jumped 24.6%, which is massive. And then I guess the other thing is that like full effects of inflation haven't really flowed through yet. You know, Mm. we're seeing it on our food and whatever else. But I think there's probably still going to be, I mean, not personally, but from what I'm reading, but there might be, you know, another 6, 12, 18 months of pain and like it'll trickle through slowly. And so discretionary spending over time will go down. But right now, Australians are still spending money in the retail sector. Well, I guess that's a really good example of a company, you know, if you're looking back, you might be like, oh, look how good the dividend was last time, but doesn't necessarily mean that the next dividend is going to be as good as things like exactly what you just said, continue to flow through and take their impacts. Exactly. Mads, good chat today. One last question I've got for you. Recommendation. I am actually recommending a newsletter this week. It is called The Morning Brew and I'll add a link to the show notes. It's great. It sends you an email each morning with some of the top finance news stories of the day. It is American based, but it has sort of a headline story that gives you the details, the zoom in and like the zoom out. So you really kind of get the context and then it does a tour to headlines, which I just love. And it gives you a little like couple of lines about 
three or four of the biggest stories of the day. I like that and I need more news sources because sometimes I fall a bit flat. We'll pop the link in the show notes. So make sure you sign up to that one. What have you got for me? I've got a bit of a um, random one, but I was listening to it um, the other day on a walk. It's an economist podcast. It's called How Psychedelics Could Fix the Brain. (laughs) Wow. And I found it was all about like psilocybin, I think is how you say it, which is like the mushroom component. Um, For people that have mental health, they were talking about depression. And the reason why I guess I'm recommending it is because I think over the COVID period, we saw a lot more, you know, cases of mental health, especially in Australia. And it was just a really interesting conversation about, you know, how there could be different treatments that are coming into play. It's happening in the US, not so much Australia, it's a bit of a random one, but you know when you need to break up your finance content, whatever, it was it was quite good. And the economists just they produce those podcasts so goddamn well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my recommendation for today. Which you will find in our show notes. That is all for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. If you did enjoy today's show, please send it to a friend. Share the love. Share the love and join us also on social media. Our Instagram is poppin' at at YIGC Podcast. Join 1,500 others in our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. We are really like popping (laughs) ourselves up here, aren't we? Look how amazing we are. (laughs) And don't forget to tune in to next week's episode where we interview the one and only Flex Mummy. You'll hear from us next week. Catch you then. Bye. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 